Let's get some of that movie chat. Credits roll by and I tip my hat. Credits roll by, I wanna know more right away. Let's have some of that movie chat. Credits roll by, tell me who did that. Life in the credits is where I wanna play. Welcome to Life in the Credits. This is the show where we learn about entertainment by chatting with people who work in the industry. I'm Susan. And I'm Ben. And today we're discussing the film at Pencils vs. Pixels. Pencils vs. Pixels is a documentary about animation. It starts out um, in the world of 2D animation, especially with Disney and the Disney movie Renaissance in the 1980s and early 90s. It follows through the introduction of CG animation. And then now up to present day, where we see a combination of the two in films. And joining us today will be the directors of the movie, Bay Dares and Phil Ernest. So welcome, Bay and Phil. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us. Excited to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So we'll start off today by you tell us a little bit about what you do in the entertainment world. Bay, you want to go first? or <laughs> Sure. I primarily, I've been producing feature films for the last 11 years. I've done a few documentaries. I've done some independent narrative films. And I just did two back-to-back action movies for Sony Pictures, which was a whole different ball game. Oh, and different. so I've done a lot of producing. I've started directing in the last few years with some music videos, and and this film it is a little uh, it's a little fun. So I might do more. Nice. We'll see. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm kind of all over the board. I do filmmaking, design, uh, illustration, animation. I'm just kind of like a hodgepodge of things. <laughs> That's all right. I, I've worked on a lot of music videos and, you know, some narrative stuff and some, you know, I've been doing films since I was a kid. So just like any, I just, it's hard to shake not to do creative projects. Yeah, you know, so yeah definitely. Kinda... So before we delve into the movie, could you just quickly both give us some background on how you got to where you're at in your career today? So maybe your educational background, different things you did in high school, college, or after, just anything like that, that kind of led you down your career path? Obviously it started as, a, you know, being young and being very interested in, you know, like movies and films, cartoons, you know, being a kid, you always like, want to make movies and yeah. you know act in your own movies and, and all that stuff so like that kind of like always pushed me to do like anything creative yeah. so whether it was animation illustration that's what that's what kind of guided me through school what I you know took part in in school and what I did after school and like I just did a lot of like projects for different people and it just my career kind of built itself doing a lot of random things for people just kind of filling the needs that people needed in my community. So whether it was like graphic design, website building, filmmaking, commercials, you know, whatever yeah. it was that people made, I just kind of loved it all. So it just kind of like, you know, kind of forced me into the direction that I'm going right now. So Very cool. I had a very uh, circuitous path, I guess, to where I am today. Yeah. I, I always knew I wanted to be an artist. When yeah. I was a kid, I would I was drawing every day. I would just sit there and draw and I would draw you know, cartoons and comic books and things like that. When I was a very little kid, I went to this, you know, leads into the film as well. I went to Disney World and watched the animators animating through these little windows they had. Super cool. cool. Yeah. Which is, which is wild too, because I told Tom Bancroft, who is a producer on this film, uh, this story. And he was like, oh yeah, I was one of those animators. I saw you. (laughs) (laughs) I've met a lot of you guys. So I'm I'm not alone in this. It was very inspiring. And I wanted to be an animator like so many kids. And then I wanted to be a comic book artist and I wanted yeah. to go to art school. And then I bought a guitar and started writing songs and I wanted to be a 
musician. And so there's always this creative path. And when I moved to LA with my band and started touring and, and doing that between tours, I started uh, acting and I would act in commercials and television and some independent film. And it was always my plan to do music for about 10 years in LA and then, you know, retire. Cause I'd be super rich and successful, of course. <laughs> and, uh, and then just focus on filmmaking and, and, and producing and making films. And, I didn't really, you know, reach the level of success that I had intended or not even close to it, but I kind of kept to that schedule and, and started making films about nine years into living in LA. And what I, when I was an actor on set, I would always talk to the different crew members who were just, you know, I'd find those moments where they weren't super busy. I was, mm -hmm. I wasn't bothering them. And I would just very yeah. kindly like ask, who are you? What do you do? What's, what's that piece of equipment? And I met a lot of very generous folks who told me about their experiences and made a lot of friends that way. And that was basically my education in filmmaking. And then I would watch movies much more critically. I'd listen to commentary tracks. So when I decided I wanted to just finally jump in and making it, making a movie, I had all these friends who were these tremendously talented actors and, and filmmakers and, and crew members that I built this coalition of people that somehow believed in me enough to give me a chance to, that I could produce a movie. And that's kind of how I got to where I am today. It was a very long journey to hear, but it's, it was tremendously uh, exciting in a lot of times. Yeah. It sounds like you both kind of explored a lot of different facets and kind of still are, which I think is great. I mean, just to keep that creativity flexible, I think is really has got to be a good tool and a good strength to bring to any directing project. Absolutely. So let's focus a little bit more on the film now. Yeah. Uh, of course, we're talking about pencils versus pixels. I'm curious how you guys got involved in this. Like, where did it start? And how did you get inspired to take on the subject matter? Yeah, this was kind of a really cool experience. So I, I know a lot of animators in general, like a lot of Disney animators, just from working on different projects. Mm -hmm. And this story could go two hours, but I'm going to make it short and concise. <laughs> <laughs> but like um, one of my, you know, obviously uh, Tom Bancroft, uh, producer, he's one of my best friends and, and we've done a ton of projects together. And he, he connected me with a guy named John Pomeroy. And so I was doing work for him and uh, doing some of his website stuff. And my friend Julian and I, we were working on his bio for his website. So we were interviewing him for that. And just like hearing all his stories and these untold stories of like the journey they go on is just unbelievable. And yeah. it was just like an epiphany. It's like, okay, we always know these like little blurbs of how animation happens on DVD bonus features and stuff, but we don't like know a lot. We just know kind of what they tell us these yeah. little you know, kind of the, basically the same thing every time we see those things, but we were like, man, these stories are incredible. We need, we need to tell these stories. Yeah. Know? And so I, I was dreaming about the idea for a long time and I called Tom Bancroft up and I was like, I got this idea. I pitched him the idea of the story and what it should be. And, and he was like, I want to do this with you. Can I be your producer? And I was like, that's why I called you. <laughs> I <laughs> you should do. mention that. I was like, oh, I can't do this without you. You know, and, and like, that's the thing, you know, great projects, you have to have people with you you have to have a like a team of journey of yeah people to do these things and so like I was like let's do this thing you know and and uh, that's kind of how the idea sparked yeah. and then we just getting the idea out was really it was really easy to sell the idea because everybody loved 
the idea of knowing more about yeah. story of animators. But the hard part was figuring out like how to get people like to say yes to be in the movie. But that's where it kind of started. And we needed to build a fantastic team. And we we started the movie until we got connected with other amazing members of the team like Bay and, and our other producers and stuff. And, and we just all got together and just Need, you know, needed to make it better and better. And so that's, uh, we, that's how we both got on the project and, you know, Bay's fantastic and loves animation and it just worked out really good. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. And when, when, when I got, came on board, it was already started and I saw some of the footage that, that they'd already shot and I was immediately, yes, 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 yes. This is exactly the kind of movie I would want to see. Yeah. I think I was actually, when I first saw it was in Canada shooting, one of the sniper movies, <laughs> and, <laughs> which is so intense, and there's so yeah. much craziness. And I watched this uh, like on the weekend, I think, and I was and I was just thinking, wow, this this is soothing my soul right now. Mm-hmm. I recognize, you know, uh, Pete Doctor, who was already in it, and some of the other animators that I like knew who they were because I I love this stuff, and immediately was just, what can I do to help? How can I get involved? And and that was two years ago, so it's yeah. been a journey, and. uh and it's been wonderful. And it's also helpful because Phil's in Nashville, where a lot of these people, animators live. I'm in L.A., where a lot of animators live, live uh-huh. you know, or, or visit frequently. Yeah. So I had yeah. access to people at different times of the year, too. So it was really wonderful to have sort of this bi-coastal collaboration. And because of the pandemic, it was really we, me and Phil didn't actually meet in person until the Nashville Film Festival last month. Oh wow! Um, oh wow! Actually, actually, cool. a, a month ago today, we met in person for the first oh time. Gosh. So it was it was really really a wonderful uh, celebration. We got to see this together in front of an audience for the first time. So awesome! Yeah. So how did you share those directing responsibilities? Did you guys sort of each have your lane, or did you like was it very very collaborative? Um, how did it work? Yeah, I think having our own lane was kind of how this, well, at first we had the process kind of changed a little bit. So we had a very small team at first um, and it was, I called them the core four (laughs) (laughs) because like, like we just, we didn't have anybody else, but, but us and we were, we were making this film and yeah, we basically got to a point where we couldn't move forward. We COVID just happened. Yeah. And made our ability to fly and, and see people and meet people and all that stuff like it just made it very difficult and right so we knew that you know it was super important that we had a bigger better team and so that's kind of how we got Bay involved okay. and, yeah and, and I you know was able to take what they were doing and add to it and you know and figure out the pieces of the story that weren't that were missing that we wanted to make sure we wanted to get mm-hmm. we wanted to get more perspective i know there was many of the original interviews was mostly men and so i wanted to get a, some women in the movie mm-hmm. and so we i had a really great friend of mine mindy johnson who helped us make this movie and she's a tremendously just knows everything about disney she, she's literally written the book yeah um, <laughs> and and I knew she was the first call I had to make. And she really helped uh, connect us with some of these amazingly talented women and other folks that we hadn't had access to before. And so it was just about seeing, you know, just the scope of it and understanding yeah. to look what the story was, because this could be 10 hours long. There's right. so much yeah. amazing yeah. gold here. So that was that was a challenge. And and mm-hmm. so and then once we got into to finishing, 
you know, Phil is an amazing graphic artist and motion graphics and, and, and everything. So he handled all the beautiful graphics you'll, you'll see in the film. Yeah. And I worked with the composer. I have a music background. Uh, so I worked with the composer. So that was a bit of my lane was working with him to make sure okay. that the score was just wonderful. And so it really worked out nicely. Yeah, yeah, it did. it's a great film. And I love the way it breaks down the timeline because it's a pretty it's a good history lesson yeah. of animation. But at the same time, you're pulling in the people who are actually living it in real time when it was happening. And so it's so interesting to hear the perspectives of the animators that are going through it and just what they liked, what they were worried about, you know, the fears in the industry, also how they embraced it. I think it was just really and the process of animation. Yeah, is really fascinating. Cool. Yeah. And how it's evolved. Mm -hmm. I mean. It's so it's so well done. I'm curious. So, I mean, obviously, you know, we're from a generation that grew up on, you know, the Disney movies that you guys talk about in the film and and, and discuss. But do you guys have a favorite animated movie? And did it make it into the film? Yes, I gosh, that was always a hard question for me because mm -hmm. I've been asked that a lot on this journey. And the the thing is, like, I love so many. It's but yeah, if I were hard. going to nail one, if I were going to base one on like all the little small stop motion movie things I've made in my life and drawings I've done, it would be The Lion King. Yeah. And and I and which was funny because a long time ago when I when Tom and I met, the thing that I asked him when I first met him, I was like, "Do you know how many times I've drawn Simba?" And he was like, <laughs> "You know how many times I've drawn Simba?" Like, oh, perfect. <laughs> like, oh yeah, <laughs> Um and and so like, it's cool that, you know, like, you yeah. know, that was, it's really neat to get to work with, you know, and even Tony, his brother, you know, is super amazing. And like, mm -hmm. he made a Pumbaa and Lion King and just getting to like, see all that in the film was really cool to love the movie for yeah. so long and then get to even hear stories of the process. And like, you know, even like, I love how they talked about how there's a point when they didn't think Lion King was going to do too well. You yeah. Know, it was up against, I think, Pocahontas. And, yeah. and that was so cool to see how it did do well, you know, how it did blow up. And so I, I like seeing all these inside stories that no one knows. And yeah, it just really cool. paints the picture for the, you know, like, it's not just the animation doesn't just happen. It, it's a lot of heart, a lot of tears, yeah. a lot of lot of messing up and fixing and learning and being better and you know like relying on each other and teamwork and stuff so it's like mm -hmm. it's super cool to see that movie in there knowing i loved it so much yeah, definitely. yeah for sure i i also love the lion king uh that whole era was just that was my era and yeah i think beauty and the beast beauty and the beast was so important to me because i saw i was the film i watched them animate when i was a little kid Cool. And so I had so much expectation i'd never seen cell drawings mm. before i'd never seen the actual work product and you know i was again i was really young but i still understood that these were the humans that were drawing this thing that they're making it move and so there's a lot of magic to that and then when the lion king came out that was you know we have people talking in the in the film about how adults were going to go see it. like my, my parents took us to see it a bunch of times yeah and then also which is interesting is toy story was also very important for me and as much as i loved the hand-drawn animation that was also mind-blowing to me and i loved computers and technology so that was just like the most what am i even watching everything's yeah. amazing so i saw that a whole lot as well and had uh my brother when we were kids he had a laser disc player and we got this special edition laser disc of toy story it was like you know four discs and they had all these 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 making of featurettes and things like that some of which i believe we have in in our film <laughs> clips from it but that whole era was just tremendously mm -hmm. inspiring to me yeah yeah definitely so you kind of touched on this a little bit but 
In terms of writing the story for the documentary and figuring out what story you wanted to tell, did you pretty much have that mapped out ahead of time or did you let that evolve through the different interviews and like adding different crew members as it got bigger and bigger? You know, there was a, a basic story arc that we were trying to hit that mm-hmm. they, we were trying to hit based on like the historical facts of what happened. Right. At first, the story was like, hey, let's tell everybody's perspective on like why they started doing what they did and see where yeah. it goes. It just kind of went all over. Like people had so many amazing stories, painful stories. Like, like Bay said, like there's like each person's over an hour long interview. Yeah. You know, like a, a full of information. And so that was kind of the basic structure. And then it kind of like took on its own breath. And, you know, and as, as people started talking, you know, I know that that was one of my, my struggles was realizing there's so many angles you can go with this. And, you know, one of the things that it was really hard was finding the female animators that we really wanted and stuff. So whenever Bay and, you know, whenever I was updated on like, like who we got, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that is incredible. Because <laughs> like all we all we really knew was, you know, the people we were connecting with, that's yeah. really who we were able to get. And so when they brought on these amazing people, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Because like <laughs> it adds so much to it, so yeah. much perspective that, you know, we just didn't have to play with, you know. Mm-hmm. And right. this is a true documentary. This is something that's telling its story. We're not trying to mold it and manipulate it to tell our perspective or our motive. It's like, this is exactly what it was. This is what happened, you know. And I think that rawness is what makes it so special. And and uh, I think that honestly was the goal, you know, yeah. <laughs> tell a very authentic story and yeah, get, get people excited about this art form, you know. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. And, I mean, w- the first thing I did was wrote down the an outline based on some interviews that already had happened and okay. how I thought in my mind, like, this is what I think the story is that's yeah. here. And then I color coded all the story beats in it. And then I had all of the uh, interviews transcribed. And then my my lovely fiance, Gemma, who helped us produce this, went through just hundreds of pages of text and highlighted any clips that she thought were, were matching these story beats with okay. in, in color in color coded wow. uh, highlighters, <laughs> which took <laughs> took some time. Yeah. And then I and then I took just as, to give you some sense of how my brain works. Yeah. Then I took those pages and went through the interviews and clipped all the the, the different sections in those same color coded uh, selects, and that's what I sent our editor okay. with this this map of. These are the story beats I think are there. Here are some really relevant clips that I think will get us there. And then he did his own version of it too, because he okay. is just a Mike Hugo, shout out to Mike Hugo, just a mastermind <laughs> editor. And he found stuff that that I didn't find. And we also found these little things that were connections between, you know, different people talking about each other and finding nice. different ways that talk about mentorship or some of these things that weren't really story beats, but were really were a big part of the the fabric of this time and this art yeah. that we wanted to make sure we included those things. One of the hardest parts, as Phil said, is these interviews were, you know, about an hour long and we did, you know, at the end of the day, probably 35 interviews or something. Mm-hmm. And there's just, this could have been a 10 part yeah. you know, miniseries. <laughs> it would have been endless to me, endlessly interesting, Yeah, but, yeah, sure. but it's, how do you, 
winnow this down to something that's going to mm-hmm. keep the story going and keep people's attention and and communicate in a way too because we also don't want people to get we didn't get too in the weeds of things you know we had a whole right. section about don bluth and, and these these video games dragon's yeah. lair and space ace and all these things that were so cool and so culturally important at the time but it just didn't really did we have a little bit in there it didn't really fit the yeah yeah we, we, we have it. tons yeah. of those so, so actually i believe we'll have some deleted scenes on the, cool. the physical release uh coming next year so nice well, for those so- for those you nerds is probably about <laughs> 20 minutes of uh of, of gold that we are including awesome perfect so do you have any moments and it can be from this project it can be from sometime else in your career do you have a moment that was just like a really favorite moment where like i can't believe this is what i get to do for a living right now I can mention a couple very quickly. Okay. Um, we actually conducted a lot of the interviews in LA in the Woking Way House where Walt Disney raised his family from 1932 wow. to wow. 1950. And it's been it's been restored. It's beautiful. Yeah. We had a we shot it all over the place. And there's one room in his house that's his screening room where he watched all the dailies for his films. And it was there was a magic there. There was a magic yeah. of not just only being there, but having these tremendously talented animators in this magical space telling this story and there's you know animation cells on the walls everywhere and disney sculptures it's it was just it was tremendously just everyone walked in there was just inspired and it it just opened up a lot of wonderful things and then for me also um interviewing kevin smith who was yeah Yeah, i I grew up just (laughs) obsessed with his films and that and he is someone who is directly responsible for me thinking this was something that could be done in real life because yeah. of his story how he just made a movie in his credit cards with his friends and that was a just i can't believe this is this is actually happening and he was so gracious and wonderful that's so cool so those are two moments there was like 10 more but yeah, I, but I'm i want to sure make sure <laughs> that phil uh i want to hear phil's <laughs> too yeah one of mine was obviously uh going to pixar that was so much fun oh yeah sure. getting yeah. to getting to see pete and and everybody there and everybody's so incredibly nice there and like mm-hmm. like we would come in and and some some of the people who work there heard what we were who we were and and they've been following the movie since we started like we started early on marketing the idea and basically pushing out hey we're f- making this movie before we even like filmed anything yeah <laughs> we, we confirmed all these interviews and we like started posting all these things about, Hey, this is who we're going to film. Everybody was excited. So when we showed up at Pixar, it was really cool to see some of these awesome animators yeah, like already really cool. hear about it and say, Hey, we've been following it. We can't wait to see it and stuff. And, and that was pretty cool. Another really cool moment was Jason Marston. He's the voice of Max in mm-hmm. the Goofy movie. And he, we actually filmed him and he was, he didn't make the cut, but he, his interview is so cool. And, and like, he awesome. is such a great guy. And it was so cool being there because before we filmed, we did music yeah. together. I, I played guitar, he played drums, and we were just kind of rocking That's out a cool. little bit. That's amazing. And I was like, this is so cool, man. He, he's such a nice down earth guy. He just cares a lot about people. And very cool. And he, it's just cool to know that there's so many movies and TV shows that I watched growing up, you know, that, that he was in step mm-hmm. by step, you know, Boy Meets World, all that stuff. And then also like he was going to be in our movie and that was just so cool. And just hearing his voice and knowing who he is, it was, it was a cool experience to get to, cause I appreciate his art artwork and, and yeah. his his talent and stuff. So that was pretty cool. But nice. I mean, the whole thing was un- unbelievable. The yeah. Whole process. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> totally. 
Well, we've got one more question for you guys. Um, and that is, what advice do you have for people who want to get into the industry or, you know, work in documentaries or even direct? I know this is super cliche, but like, seriously, the idea to always keep in your mind is to never give up on the things yeah. you love doing and stuff. Because right. here's the thing, like, I've done so many projects in my life. And those are the projects that I said, I'm not giving up on. And I've given up on a ton. So it's easy to give up because, you know, doing something you love and not seeing it come out the way you want it to be like, that's not a bad thing. That's actually the first step into improving, you know, like mm -hmm. where not being where you want to be is actually the first step for everybody. And if you really love what you do, you're doing, like, whether it's like filmmaking, editing, directing, everything like that, like, you just have to look at it as mm -hmm. like, Hey, this is a growth phase. This is where I'm getting better. Except you know, criticism, except, yeah. you know, like the areas that you're not quite the best in yet, because those are the areas you're, you, you should get excited about improving. That's great. And I agree with, totally agree with you. And I would, I would add that, you know, I'm a guy who's from Milwaukee, who moved to LA with no Hollywood connections, with no money, with no idea of how to go about making my dreams come true as they were. And if I can do it, then anyone can really do it. It's not, it's not this impossible dream and mm -hmm. if you really are passionate about it and you feel in your soul that this is what you should be doing listen to that and i would go so far to say too like of course when you start in this business you're basically doing whatever you can mm -hmm. but then once you get to a point where you can say no learn to say no and learn yeah. to only work on the things that fulfill you or are there's a good reason to do it because you can get really bogged down in in projects that just make you not want to do it anymore if they're not the right project. Yeah, so sure. so value yourself and mm -hmm. and also learn, be a student of filmmaking. I've over the past few years read every book I can about the history of Hollywood, about filmmaking, you know, read Sidney Lumet's book, Making Movies, for goodness sake. It's, it's pretty dated the way he talks about it, but it's just also very inspiring. Yeah. And I, read, I mean, I'm right now I'm reading the MCU book about the history of the MCU nice. because these are so, the sort of things that remind you that even people making those giant movies are just people like us who are yeah. creative people who love filmmaking and it mm -hmm. just makes it feel more doable. So read everything, watch movies for goodness sake. Yeah. Go watch movies and, and learn from them because there's been so many beautiful films made before you were born. Everyone listening to this, I think there's probably some great movies made before you were born, and don't don't uh, discount those because maybe they're not as modern. Yeah, there's so much definitely. amazing work done then. Very cool. Excellent. We'd like to finish up our show today with a game that we're calling Animated Movie Minute. There are so many great animated movies, and in this game, you'll be identifying them based on their characters. So Bay, Phil, and Susan, you'll all be playing as a team. So here are the rules. I'm going to give you the name of a character from an animated film. You just have to tell me the title of the movie that that character is from. You will get one point for each correct answer, but you will only have one minute to guess as many as you can. And if you get 10 correct answers, then Bay and Phil will win our prize. And Susan, what's our prize? There's some Life in the Credits merchandise, like a shirt or a mug or something like that. All right, let's get started. And your time starts now. Okay. Flounder. Little oh, Mermaid. Mermaid. Yes. Yeah. Chip. Chip and Dale? Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, what was that last one? Poe. Pocahontas? No. Let's pass. Emmett? What was that? Oh. 
Emmett? Is Emmett one of the mice from Cinderella? Beauty and the Beast. No. Pocahontas. No. Okay, I don't know. Uh, Pass, Anna? Oh, Frozen. Frozen. Yep. Toothless? How to Train Your Dragon. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Gwen Stacy? Spider-Man. Spider-Verse? Yes. Yes. Jack Skellington? Nightmare Before Christmas? Absolutely. Eve? Oh, Wally. Yes. Uh, Shrek? Shrek, yes. Rex? Toy Story. Toy Story. Yes. Marlin? Well, that's Finding Nemo. Absolutely. Oh, Finding Nemo. What was that one? Mumble. Mumble? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to say one of the seven dwarfs. That's happy beat, but you guys (laughs) did it. You guys got 10 correct, so well done. Oh, my gosh. Mumble the dwarf. (laughs) Can we figure out what the ones that we missed were? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, is that Over the Moon? Um, so Poe was Kung Fu Panda. Oh, duh. okay. Mm, Emmett yeah. is the Lego movie. Oh, yeah. And you guys got the rest. Yeah. So, yep. And so, and Mumble was Happy Feet. So, okay. Uh, okay. well done. <laughs> Pencils versus Pixels will be available on VOD November 7th. Well, thank you guys so much yeah. for your time today. It was this was really pleasure. great. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for doing this. And thank the you. movie was great too. Yeah. Wonderful. This was such a joy. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. It was really nice meeting you both. Thank, thank you. you both. Well done. Life in the Credits is hosted and produced by me, Susan Swarner, and me, Ben Bloom. It's executive produced by Michelle Levin. The music is written and performed by Steve Trowbridge. You can hear more of Steve's music at TrowbridgeSounds.com. The show logo is created by Melissa Durkin. If you'd like to support Life in the Credits and get access to exclusive perks, you can do so at Patreon.com. If you'd like to follow or get a hold of us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Life in the Credits or shoot us an email at LifeInTheCredits at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Oh my gosh, mumble the dwarf. (laughs) (laughs) 